And there's the windup. Here's the pitch. It's a slow curve, low, and the babe swings. It's a long one, a long one going out toward right center. Sting was backing up against the wall. Hello, history fans, and welcome to the Marathon of History podcast. Today we're going to talk about a couple of my favorite things, and that is sports and history. And those two things really come together in the small southwestern Ontario town of St. Mary's, and that is where the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame is located. And I've been to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame a few times. Um, I played there on the field as a kid, and it's really, really impressive. And of course, the last five years, they've underwent a few renovations to add some space for more artifacts and really increase the uh, visitor experience. So today I am joined by Christy Hudson, who is the curator at the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. And she's going to talk a little bit more about what the Hall of Fame is all about and just, you know, what you can see and do at the Hall of Fame. It's really a family-friendly destination. So welcome to the podcast, Christy. Thank you. It's glad to be here. All right. Well, we're glad to have you and uh, very topical, obviously, being just after the All-Star break here. So we got a uh, start of the second half uh, podcast for baseball. So we're going to jump right into it, Christy. And, uh, you know, the Baseball Hall of Fame um, in Canada is it a museum, Hall of Fame? Is it similar to a museum? How how are they similar? How are they different? Uh, so we are very similar to a museum in some ways. We have a lot of artifacts relating to the history of baseball. Our museum is focused on Canadian baseball, how Canadians have helped develop the sport, uh, particularly in Canada, and any athletes from Canada who have gone on to accomplish milestones in the baseball world. The ways we're a little different, we also have inductees that we add to the Hall of Fame each year. So we have a room in our museum that's dedicated to celebrating inductees, uh, both Canadians and people who have made an impact on baseball in Canada. So not everyone has to be Canadian. And we're similar to museums in how we curate artifacts, how we store them, display them, conserve them. We want to make sure, obviously, we have climate control, um, that we have accession numbers on all of our objects, um, a lot of the pest control and management that similar small museums might encounter we have here. But what is a little different is that most museums, we're talking about the history of something. You have historic objects. Once you have facts about them, those facts are pretty much set with baseball and a Hall of Fame. Our records are constantly changing and we are constantly adding to our collection. Every time a new Canadian does anything in the sport of baseball, we like to collect something from that um, that moment and add that to our collection. Some of our displays and our records for our artifacts talk about um, milestones relating to that object. But then in two years, someone might come along, break a record, and all of a sudden our previous panels and previous records relating to our artifacts are out of date. So we have to be constantly checking back to update our records, um, which is something that you might not need to do as frequently and be aware of in a regular historic museum. That's something a little different about a Hall of Fame as well. Right. And I never really thought of that, um, you know, like how quickly the history can change of your artifacts. Like like you say, almost almost, uh, game to game, it can change if a new Canadian should, should do something. So that's uh, that's interesting. And then uh, you had that new edition in 2020? 2018, we were closed, yeah. and 2019, we opened up um, a new edition here. So we're in St. Mary's, Ontario, 
we have four lovely ball fields outside the museum. And then we have an old historic house that was donated to the museum um, back in the 90s where we have all of our exhibit space. And in 2019, we were closed for renovations. So with that renovation, we were able to update our displays, add on a large visitor's lounge and a large storage space. And that storage space is here so that we can properly preserve all of the artifacts in our collection and make sure that they survive for the future. Right. And you mentioned uh, you mentioned four ball fields. Are they uh, they're actively used then by minor baseball? And they are. Yes. So there is a lot of softball and baseball um, on our fields. Some of them are just for youth and others. We have adults uh, slow pitch in particular quite a bit. Usually every evening we have games on at least one, if not all four fields, as well as usually all weekend. We have tournaments going on and um, the fields are in use. So it's it's great if you're here in the evening or weekend, you can check out games on the field as well as come into the museum certainly something really unique for uh, for that particular place definitely having having live games going on that's neat so you mentioned that uh, the selection process of canadians and necessarily not not canadians as well to the canadian baseball hall of fame how does the selection process work uh, so essentially anyone can nominate a player or someone uh, an executive a coach anyone they want really to our selection committee our nomination forms are on our website, or if you come in to visit the museum, we have some at the front desk you can take. Essentially, you'll need to fill out some information about the person you want to nominate, um, include who they played for, what their involvement with baseball was, and write a little justification as why you think that they should be nominated into the Hall of Fame. Um, unfortunately, I am not allowed as a... <laughs> <laughs> staff member here to nominate people myself, uh, nor will be our board members or anyone connected to the museum. We want to make sure that all of the nominees are coming from the public and not right. ourselves. Um, so once submissions are received, we accept them up until the 1st of December each year. And then December and January, we have a selection committee of 24 different people spread across Canada. They include um, past nominees, members of the media, historians, and different executives, and they are all just arm's reach from the Hall of Fame itself, so that we are not actually making the decision. The selection committee right. is um, this volunteer group outside of us, and they'll meet over the winter after December 1st to discuss all of the nominees and review the justifications, make cases for each one, and then privately vote on who they would like to nominate. If someone receives 75% of the votes and they are eligible for nomination into the Hall of Fame, then they would be inducted the following year. If someone receives at least one vote, they stay on the ballot for nine years. If they go two years receiving no votes, then they are removed from the ballot and they stay off the ballot for at least one year. And then they okay. could be renominated after that. Yeah. And then for players, typically a player needs to have been inactive for three years before being eligible. However, for coaches, executives, me members of the media, et cetera, they can still be active. They are still okay. allowed to be working in their field and still nominated. Right on. That's really neat. Uh, I didn't realize that just, just fans could nominate. That's pretty cool. Hi, everybody. I just want to take a real quick moment here and interrupt the podcast to tell you about Marathon of History. Many of you might be wondering, what is Marathon of History? Marathon of History is a historical interpretation company that has been around since 2011. We primarily manufacture museum, exhibitions, 
and museum exhibition components for the museum industry in southwestern Western Ontario. In addition to this, we also produce Marathon of History Television, the Marathon of History podcast that you're listening to right now, and Marathon of History magazine. If you live in Western and Southwestern Ontario, check out Marathon of History magazine that's available to read free online or physically in subscriptions or in your local museum gift shop. At Marathon of History magazine, we really want to celebrate local history and local history authors. We want your submissions. Please consider submitting an article about what you're interested in to Marathon of History magazine and share your love of history with over 3,000 readers every three months. You can learn more about Marathon of History magazine by visiting marathonofhistory.ca or following us on Facebook and Instagram. Now, back to Christy Hudson and the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame podcast. So a lot of people might not realize, but uh, baseball has a very long and rich tradition in Canada, um, you know, particularly Ontario, particularly the area of Ontario you were in. Tell us a little bit about that uh, that past, Christy. I, I understand the first game arguably was played in Ontario. So, yeah, the first game in Ontario that we have a record of for a really long time was thought to be in Beachville, Ontario on June 4th, 1838. And actually, traditionally, the Beachville Museum would have a historic baseball game that they played there on the anniversary each year, which is kind of That's a cool, cool thing. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're still doing it uh, the last couple of years, but they were doing it for quite a while. Would they and wear a historic in- costume? They did. Yes, they do. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, and those early games of baseball, they would actually have four bases instead of three, along with home plate. So it looks a little different than baseball today. So the game in Beachville, it was close to us, and it was recorded for a newspaper by a man named Adam Ford, who was a doctor in St. Mary's and later became the mayor of St. Mary's. So it kind of ties into our history here as a town and relates to why the Hall of Fame ended up here in this part of okay. Ontario, not too far from that game, and also in the town where this uh, reporting on the game was uh, was recorded. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's Ontario, I guess, uh, oldest baseball game. However, we do have some records going back a little further to the 1700s of a baseball game played in my home province of New Brunswick. And... That would, I guess, predate the Beachville game, but baseball has been around for a long time and it has developed from, you know, a four base game to a three base game. And it's sort of hard to say what was the actual earliest game of baseball because it has evolved over many, many years. Right. Um, And probably a lot of people playing it back in the day it would have been very regional. I'm sure like this, this area plays it this way. This area plays it this way. So um, really until we standardize the rules across the board, it's probably it's hard true. to tell really where. Yeah. Um, so something else cool that uh, I actually didn't realize this and up until last year, but Labatt Park in London, it's the oldest park in the world. So it is the oldest continually used baseball stadium in the world. Um, one interesting thing about Labatt Park is that when it was originally created, the infield was actually on the other side of where the field is now. Uh, It's right on the River Thames in London, and flooding caused them to move the infield to the other side of the field because the infield was constantly getting flooding from the Thames. Right. So because of that, it is still the oldest continually operated baseball dime field in in the world, going back to 1877. However, there's another ballpark in the States, 
from 1878, whose infield has not changed. <laughs> and Labatt Park and this other ballpark have been going back and forth with the Guinness Book of World Records over the years, debating who actually has the oldest um, baseball field. And I okay. do believe the record currently is held by Labatt. Okay, <laughs> um, but it it has it has bounced back and forth just because of that infield moving. Um, uh, okay, a little technicality. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool, but, and that's neat too because people can you know from this area easily go to London and still watch uh, the London Majors play there. I believe uh, in the Inner County League, so that's uh, some pretty cool history just up the road. Really, it is. Yeah, and actually, 1877, the first year it was used, we have a ceramic cup from the London Tecumsehs who played there and won um, the International League that season. Um, so we have this cup that has 1877 uh, London Tecumsehs printed on it. It's actually on display at Labatt Park over the summer. Oh, wow. And it's one of our oldest artifacts that we have here at the museum. Wow, that's really cool. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, speaking of artifacts, obviously, uh, you have a lot. I forget what you told me last year, how many bases and bats you had, but it was uh, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But do you have a few that you really like artifacts there? Or like if your family was to come to the Hall of Fame, do you have a few things that you would want to show them for sure? Yeah, I guess for my family or even just the average family coming in, I would probably want to highlight some artifacts that we have actually on display since not everyone gets to come into the storage room and see the 98% of our artifacts that are not on display. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think the most exciting thing for my family in particular would be the home plate from the Toronto Blue Jays that Joe Carter, uh, World Series walk-off home run. He autographed the plate and obviously touched the plate to come in to oh, man. Um, score that run and win the World Series for the Jays. And we have it on display, which is really, really cool to see. We also have a Montreal Royals team signed baseball from 1946 that's on display. And Jackie Robinson's signature is on that. And people who might not know Jackie Robinson was the first person to break the modern color barrier in baseball and actually signing with the Montreal Royals was when he first broke that. So okay. that was a minor league team affiliated with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And so Jackie became the first black player to play for a um, minor league team affiliated with the major league team there and then moved on the following year in 1947 to play for the Brooklyn Dodgers. So kind of a neat piece of Canadian history, too, that that was the first uh, minor league team that he played for. We also have another pretty old artifact that's not a Canadian um, artifact per se. It's a game-used Babe Ruth baseball bat, which oh, we have wow. on display uh, in the museum. And the reason it is here is because Babe Ruth hit his first professional home run at Hanlon's Point in Toronto. He was playing for the Providence Grays in the International League, and that was in September 1914 that he hit that first okay. minor league home run. And so we have a bat from his time playing uh, on display in the museum as well. We also have a lot of artifacts that aren't on display. And I know I've mentioned to you before, I love the Pearson Cup, and it's not currently on display in the museum. Uh, but the Pearson Cup is a is a cup that was won by either the Expos or the Jays prior to interleague play. The teams would meet each year and play uh, a series against each other. And the winner of that uh, that game or series, depending, would um, win the Pearson Cup. So we have that here. Uh, it hasn't been played in a long time, those, obviously. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's so that's that, pretty neat. Uh, that, that's pretty neat, though, those connections to Canada. Like, I, I was thinking there when you were talking about Jackie Robinson and Babe Ruth, like, it's just something that a lot of even Canadian sports fans wouldn't even realize, probably. 
Uh, it's true. Uh, we know these names from being famous American baseball players, but yeah, the Canadian connections aren't always as well known. I definitely didn't know about Babe Ruth hitting his first professional home run in Canada until coming here to the hall myself. So yeah, so people have to come visit you at the Hall of Fame, and you can just just enlighten them of all the uh, incredible connections uh, Canada has to baseball. This episode of the Marathon of History podcast is brought to you by Grey Roots Museum and Archives. Grey Roots, located five minutes south of Owen Sound, boasts a fantastic array of exhibits and special events this summer. Bring the whole family to check out Morriston Heritage Village, Grey Roots' collection of historical buildings. History comes alive at Grey Roots Museum and Archives. Plan your visit today at greyroots.com. So you're talking about the Pearson Cup, and uh, you know a lot of people might remember the Pearson Cup. Uh, do you have any other things there from you know maybe more recent uh, Blue Jays Expos teams that uh, people who are maybe just getting into baseball might might recognize? Uh, so we actually have one exhibit room in the museum that's dedicated completely to Canadian baseball teams, including national teams, but also the Jays and the Expos, and that's the room that has the Joe Carter home plate. Um, it also just has some stadium seating from the team's World Series rings are on display in there. So kind of neat uh, Jays and Expos items in there. In our visitors lounge, we do have Pedro Martinez's 1997 Cy Young Award, which he donated to us last summer when he was here. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame for his contributions to the Expos, but wasn't able to attend the ceremony until last year. Okay. So when he was here last year, he donated his Cy Young Award and uh, on display in our visitors lounge right now. So that's kind of a cool... Not super, super recent, but Expos haven't been around for almost 20 years, so it's harder. Maybe to I'm dating myself things. a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but as I far think... as the Jays, we do have a locker right now on display from when they played in Buffalo a couple seasons ago. They spent oh, okay, neat. the whole season in Buffalo, so yeah. that's on display in the Visitors' Lounge. And we have a jersey worn by Jordan Romano on display in that locker, Who people who are just getting into baseball might know is the current Blue Jays closer. He's from Markham, Ontario. So a Canadian uh, playing for the Canadian only Canadian major league team right now. Um, as well, last year we were donated a print of the Jose Bautista bat flip from 2015, which uh, Jays fans over the last decade That's or pretty so iconic. Might, yeah. <laughs> would remember. And yep. Yes. So the Blue Jays are actually adding Bautista this summer to their level of excellence and they're giving away a, Batista bat flip bobblehead that day. So we just wanted to recognize that as well and put that on display in our visitors' lounge. It's it's almost uh like to me having sort of remembered the Joe Carter home run and the and the Batista bat flip. Like they're both almost like equally, I, I think, as iconic in Blue Jays history. Like just that that still image of him flipping the bat is like incredible. It's, it is incredible. Yeah. We actually one of our summer students uh, often puts that game on YouTube so visitors can oh, watch nice. it while they- <laughs> i think i actually jumped out of my chair when he hit that home. like i just not very often that happens but i think i actually jumped out of my chair when he hit that home run so i think people across canada <laughs> did the same thing it was yeah, really exciting i mean obviously joe carter's home run was a uh, you know uh in the end it, it gave us the world series whereas, this is true yeah <laughs> um unfortunately the uh 2015 run didn't quite go that far but yeah yeah still a pretty so, iconic blue jays moment yeah, absolutely. So Canada sent some pretty great players to Major League Baseball. Um, what, what are a couple of players that stand out in your mind uh, from Canada? So the first one that obviously comes to 
most people's minds would be Fergie Jenkins, who was a uh, pitcher from Chatham, Ontario. He pitched uh, for the Chicago Cubs. And he was the first Canadian to be inducted into Cooperstown, the National Baseball Hall of Fame there. He, I think, was inducted in 1991 into Cooperstown. And we inducted him here into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame in 1987, so a couple years beforehand. Right. He was, and still is, the all-time best Canadian Major League pitcher. When he retired, he had more than 3,000 strikeouts and less than 1,000 walks. And he was the first pitcher to retire with those statistics. So not even just Canadian, just first pitcher period to have that kind of a record. So remains uh, unchallenged as the best Canadian um, major league pitcher. Larry Walker was the second Canadian to be inducted into Cooperstown. And he was an outfielder from, or yeah, was an outfielder from Maple Ridge, BC, and played uh, his career, a lot of it with the Montreal Expos, as well as the Colorado Rockies. He had seven gold glove awards and was an MVP in 1997. So great uh, accomplishments for him. And gold glove awards for people who might not be familiar with baseball, that's essentially a defensive award that's given out each year to players who have the best defensive ability, um, as opposed to the silver slugger award, which is given out for um, offense. He held the record for most games played by a Canadian uh, for a long time. That record was just broken last summer, so kind of relates to our panels and artifacts needing to be updated. Joey Votto from Etobicoke, Ontario, broke the record for all-time games played by a Canadian uh, last August, and he has played his whole career for the Cincinnati Reds. He's still playing for the Reds. I'm sure that someday he will also be inducted into <laughs> hopefully both halls of fame. Probably um, a safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's our, our current best uh, Canadian um, active player for sure. And right. um, yeah. And just a couple of years ago, we inducted Justin Morneau into our hall of fame and he was the MVP in 2006 with Minnesota. He was a four-time all-star with Minnesota. He won a couple of silver slugger awards and we inducted him just in, in 2020. So he was here, I believe it was last year we were able to hold the in-person ceremony for that. So right. kind of a slightly more recent as well. Um, and then I think I mentioned to you before the podcast began that I quite like Russell Martin and I'm hoping he'll yeah. be inducted someday. And he's another more recent Canadian um, from technically, I think, born in York, but raised in Montreal and okay. played for the Jays for a while, as well as the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he's one of my favorites. And I'm, I'm hoping that, <laughs> you know, we can recognize him at some point in the future. But obviously, as I mentioned, I am not able to nominate him myself. Right. So anyone listening would well, like to nominate yeah. Russell? <laughs> I think he probably will get nominated. So <laughs> I imagine so. Um, you mentioned Fergie Jenkins, obviously. Uh, I believe you just named a street in St. Mary's after Fergie Jenkins. We did, actually. Yeah, there's a small street that connects our Hall of Fame to some of our ballparks. And at our induction ceremony this year, we unveiled a new street name. It's Fergie Jenkins Way is the name of that street now. Fergie was here to do the sign unveiling, and we had a little ceremony for for that. So kind of exciting to have a little street here named after Fergie. Well, that's pretty cool and obviously very fitting, I mean, with, with his career. Um, okay, so uh, Christy, when can people come see the museum? What are your hours? Um, is there anything coming up this year, special events, or uh, just come down and check it out kind of thing? I'd say right now, come down and check us out. We are open 10 to 5, 7 days a week right now until the end of August. And in September, we'll be open Friday, Saturday, Sunday from 10 to 5 as well. 
after the fall, or rather during the fall, we'll be open just by pre-booked tours, which we are always open for pre-booked tours. But in the summer, we try to be open just for people to walk in as well. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And then we always have different events and barbecues and whatnot going on on the field. Um, But our biggest event each year is in June. So a little while away, but keep an eye out for next June. We'll have our induction ceremony in February. We'll be announcing whoever we're inducting. And then induction in June will be a couple day event. Usually we have an event Thursday night of leading up to the weekend. The last couple of years, that's been an event in Toronto. We've held out there, which is um, a, usually a smaller kind of meet and greet with some inductees and special guests. And then Friday, we usually have a celebrity golf tournament with past and present inductees. Sometimes the Blue Jays will send some representatives as well from their alumni. And then Saturday of this weekend, usually it's Father's Day weekend, but it might shift in the future. Right. Um So the Saturday is the big induction ceremony. All the inductees are here. We have um, barbecue and um, merchandise and we have the speeches and the plaques being presented and then autographs with the inductees as well. Awesome. So I think I think for a lot of Canadian baseball fans, that would be really neat to attend that because, you know, obviously uh, you'll recognize the players being inducted and, and coaches and media people. So, so no, that's great. And uh, people can just keep monitoring the website, Facebook instagram they can follow the museum and all those places and stay up to date and there might even be a couple articles in marathon of history magazine that might that help keep great. people up to date too so okay christy well thank you very much for uh for joining us here today and uh like i said i highly encourage everybody to come down and check out the uh canadian baseball hall of fame museum thank you thank you so much for having me Well, there it is. And that was an interview I really enjoyed doing with Christy. Um, I met Christy last year and, you know, she just is so knowledgeable about Canadian baseball history, Canadian history, and of course, all the artifacts that they have there at the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum in St. Mary's. So if you're in the southwestern Ontario area, you know, swing by and check it out. So whether you're a, you know, Canadian history fan, baseball history fan, baseball fan, or if you just like to see cool stuff, they pretty well have it all right there in St. Mary's at the Hall of Fame. Before we go, I really have to thank Grey Roots Museum and Archives for their support of the Marathon of History podcast and Marathon of History in general. Grey Roots is located just south of Owen Sound, and if you're in the Grey Roots area, whether you live here or maybe you're, you know, taking a holiday here this summer, um, or heading to Tobermory to catch the ferry, Grey Roots is definitely worth a visit, and it's certainly not just a rainy day destination. Their outdoor exhibit, the Morriston Heritage Village, is an unbelievable collection of historical buildings and historical vehicles, and all of this with costumed interpreters to really help bring it all to life. They currently have a really neat exhibit in there that runs until September 4th, and it's called Game Changers. And it is about discovering the changing of the video game industry, and it is really neat. You can go there and you can play some old video games, and uh, I saw a picture online of a gigantic Game Boy, so anybody from my generation, you know, we uh, a lot of us had Game Boys, so that might bring back some pretty cool nostalgia. So that's Grey Roots Museum and Archives, located just south of Owen Sound and just west of Rockford. And thank you all again for listening to the Marathon of History podcast. To learn more about Marathon of History, please visit marathonofhistory.ca or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you very much, and we will talk soon.